1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. Friday. Field trip day. Knock, knock. Adam, are you home? I'm home. You don't seem excited to see us this what morning. No, oh, it's I, y'all I, again. Do you have snacks? Um, just my coffee. Does that count? No. <laughs> oh, I, Tabby, I'm going to argue with you. I, I think coffee absolutely counts. <laughs> Especially when dealing with us. Adam, it's great to have because you with us here this morning. Without it. Hey, a lot of um, a lot of films to talk about here today, but yeah. we got to start with the trolls. Got to talk. Gotta, cool. Every conversation got to start with trolls. Right, right. I mean, some people would say that's my profession. I would say they're perhaps trolls themselves. But uh, <laughs> yes, there's another trolls movie. And if you've seen the first two, you know exactly what to expect here. It's the little, you know, remember when you were kids, you put the thing on your pencil and you spun it around and the troll's hair went crazy. Yeah. Well, we're, we are imaginatively bankrupt enough now that that is a, you know, a massive, you know, billion dollar franchise. So the trolls now, see, I just actually trolled the trolls right there. Um, This is a, this is a fun movie. If you've seen the first two, you know what to expect. Anna Kendrick voices Poppy. Justin Timberlake voices Branch. Zoe Deschanel is Bridget. Amy Schumer shows up and you know, it's just this all-star cast. And this time around a troll has been troll napped and Branch and Poppy who are kind of an item now go in search of, said missing troll and hijinks ensue as they often do in these animated movies. Uh, also uh, toilet humor ensues and there is a pretty massive plot point that revolves around the fact that several of the trolls were in a boy band, which of course is kind of meta since Justin Timberlake <laughs> obviously was in a certain boy band and he knows a little bit about that. Uh, there's singing, there's dancing, there's color. And there are more toilet jokes than you can shake a stick at. Oh, but uh, And a little bit of innuendo. It's exactly what we've seen before. If your potty humor tolerance is low, probably take a pass on this. You know, if you're a parent and your kids really want to see it, I don't think there's any deal killers or even really any face palm moments here. Uh, I don't know. Just maybe take a little extra Pepto-Bismol before you go. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> That's good advice. Thank you so much. Okay. You're hearing from Adam Holtz with Plugged In. And then it uh, looks like The Hunger Games has risen once again. And there's a new yes. film, like a prequel. Talk to us about this. Yeah, this is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And it is the backstory of the villain in uh, you know the original 
movies. Uh, his name is Cariolanus Snow, which I always have to really think carefully about how to say his name. Snow is, as he's known, of course, was played by Donald Sutherland in the, the original series. But this takes place 64 years before that. Hmm. Um, and it is the backstory of how Snow became Snow. There's been a civil war. The Hunger Games have come out of that civil war as punishment against, you know, the, the territories and the districts, as they're called, that rebelled. And Snow was from a rich family, but his family has fallen on hard times. But there is an opportunity for him to redeem himself by serving as a mentor for a young participant. Uh, and her name is Lucy Gray Baird. She's played by Rachel Ziegler. Um, and the core conflict here is he falls in love with her, but falling in love with her sort of works counter to his need to win the prize and redeem his family, which is sort of, you know, am I going to choose evil? Am I going to choose good? Uh, you know, you can kind of figure out with where he ended up, the choices that he made. So I don't know. The whole prequel thing is kind of weird when you know that the main character ultimately is going to go to the dark side. Mm. Um, and the core, you know, premise here is that this is about teens fighting each other to the death in the Hunger Games. So it is a dark movie. It is a grim movie. Uh, you know, the best that you can say is that Lucy Gray as a character is optimistic about, you know, humanity in general. But I think she's the only one. And there's lots of reasons this movie gives us to be pretty pessimistic about humanity in general. And Definitely a, a tough movie to watch and a hard PG-13 rating. Okay, Adam, uh, let me ask you a question. Usually when um, there are movies that come out that are dark, I mean, the Hunger Games series was pretty dark, but when they do a prequel and they do another iteration of it, it seems to go a little bit darker, hmm. faster. I don't, I, yeah. is, that, is that the case with this one? Well, yeah, I think so. And, and I think it's dark in part because you know what the outcome is going to be. And, and this is a brutal dystopian world. And, you know, honestly, I'd like to do a story about a kind and gentle dystopian world, but that's not the way it is with dystopian worlds. They're broken by design and by intent. And we certainly see that here. And I think that one of the things that we should say is that God is conspicuously, you know, absent here. He's just not, he's not around. And so this is a grim world. It's a grim worldview. Um, and I think Suzanne Collins, the author of the books, really is trying to say some important things about entertainment, about violence, about degradation in our society. But it's kind of like when you try to make a movie about pornography and you show pornography to make your point. You know, same thing here. If you're making a movie about violence, but you have to use graphic violence to make your point, it begs the question. Uh, is this an effective way to really tell a story about this problem? And I think for most people, the answer is going to be no. Okay, thanks. And uh, one last question for you. Let, let, let's look at this last film here together as we're wrapping up our time. Um, it's called Next Goal Wins. Talk to us about that. So this is, um, I would compare it to Cool Runnings, only maybe less humorous and a little bit more adult. And here's what I mean by that. This is a true story of the American Samoan professional soccer team. In 1998, they decided they wanted to join FIFA, which if you're a football fan in the international sense, is the International Soccer Federation. It's kind of like the NFL, only with soccer. 
And between 1998 and 2011, they have yet to win a game. And so they kind of rope a coach in who doesn't really want to be their coach. And he goes to American Samoa. Now, the, the good side here is you've got a fun, inspirational story. And you have a culture that is reportedly about 98% Christian. It's a deeply religious culture. Um, and we see people praying together. We see faith taken really seriously. They're, they're a very optimistic culture. But they're so optimistic that they're almost optimistic to a fault that they don't really care that much about winning or losing. They're, they're content in a way that undermines their competitiveness. And so this coach comes in and tries to kind of light a fire, and that's the, the kind of the cool runnings comparison. Um, unfortunately, if it feels like there's a, a but coming here, there is. There's more profanity here than this movie needed. Like, it's a Disney movie, and they're pitching it like a, you know, a fun family sports movie. And, man, there's a lot of language. And there's a trans character who is kind of at the core of the story. And it's actually true to real life. They didn't, like, shoehorn that in, you know, in the spirit of getting some sort of woke message in. But I think a lot of families might think this is one thing and get into it and find out, ew, this has got way more problems than I wanted for what is ultimately a pretty nice and pretty inspirational story. So it feels like Disney, again, just failing at the most basic level to understand who their audience is and how to tell a story that, that connects with them in the way their audience expects.